So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. You know, there are, how many verses? There are 68 verses in Deuteronomy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the breakdown of it because this is important. This is going to be important to what we're talking about tonight, which I called this walking in your covenant. So let's start at, at verse 1. And now listen to this. Don't log off. Don't log off. I feel like, you know, some people, I'll be honest, like to hear me rant and rave about stuff and, 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 you know, talk about news and all that kind of thing. And then I open the word and, you know, that they, they probably log off because they're like, okay, she's done talking about the news. If you log off, you're missing out because I talk about the news all the way through. <laughs> I talk about, I talk about stuff all the way through. So you don't want to log off because this is our, this is the, the bread of life, right? You, you know, we, we, this is where we get our nourishment from, from the word. So this is not the time to log off. So if you have your Bibles with you, open it to Deuteronomy 28. Follow along with me. The first 14 verses talk about uh, obedience um, and the blessings that come with obedience. And it's extremely important um, to, to come into remembrance of what God says happens when you obey. Okay, listen. This is great stuff. One of the best chapters in the Bible. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Now remember, again, these are promises that were given uh, to God's people. And, and what, what did we learn in previous weeks? That through Christ, we are children of Abraham and heirs to those promises. So just, you know, I think a lot of times uh, we just assume that these aren't for us because we're in the New Testament. I, I don't know where that comes from, but I hear it a lot. But the, the, Galatians makes, the book of Galatians specifically makes it clear. We are heirs to the promise. And not only that, we have an even better covenant. So, so if we have a better covenant, we're not going to be worse off than people who are under a worse covenant. Just think about that. Verse 3. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. And the crops of your land and the young of your livestock. The calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and kneading boards will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. I, I particularly love that. It acknowledges there's an enemy. And I've, you know, I always do that. I'm always, I make it clear, you know, that it, it is, it, it's normal that there are challenges. It's not like you're going to go through life without a challenge. You know, we understand that there are enemies right now in high places that, that are trying to come against us and trying to come against the church. We understand that. But the Bible is clear. The enemies that rise up against you will be defeated. So yeah, they'll try to rise. So don't be thrown by that. It's important. It's important. It's like, well, I read bad news. Yeah, of course you read bad news. <laughs> what, did, what do you think? You're going to read bad news. But just remember, and the word even says it, you know, we're not afraid of bad news, right? They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. So they'll try to attack you, but they won't even be able to get close and they're going to run away. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. Remember the oath that was sworn to Abraham, confirmed through Isaac. Talking about that oath again. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. Verse 11. Nobody likes this. I do. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground. In the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. Verse 12. The Lord will open the heavens and the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, 
You will always be on top, never at the bottom. Hey, Molina, good to see you. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. So God makes it clear. You know, whenever people are like, I don't know what God wants me to do. It's pretty clear. Start with this. <laughs> Start by being obedient. You know, um, sometimes I think, I think it was last week. I, I don't remember because I've been talking about covenant for a few weeks talking about, you know, well, how do you know what to do then? How do you know what we should do? And I, and I, my mind kept going back to a verse in the new Testament, um, involving Jesus. And Jesus is pretty smart, so I, I like to take what he says. <laughs> Luke 2.49 says, and this was when um, Jesus' parents lost him and didn't know where he was. Who's ever lost? I have a funny story. My, mom's, my mom doesn't think it's funny, but it's kind of funny. Because remember how I talked about how like you know I was a bit of a sneaky kid? So my mom, um, she was, uh, I don't remember the exact context of the story, so I might get it wrong. But we were in the library. I don't remember she was, what was happening in the library. And she told me to, to wait in the library. And I hid under the desk in the library. <laughs> and my mom was looking everywhere for me. And she couldn't find me. So I'm just trying to get my water. And the whole time I was hiding under the desk. And um, anyways, it, it was funny. She didn't find it funny. But, but that, that was me as a kid. I was a little sneaky like that. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, it's weird because like my parents are like the most like honest, like, you know, great people. And somehow I, but that's why, you know, the, our sin nature, our sin nature, we got to die to it. Uh, mom, my mom was a volunteer at the school. Okay. But I was right though. I hid under the desk, right? Um, it's a good hiding place. I, well, you know, Sheba, I don't know. I wouldn't consider myself, I'm like the opposite of a rebel now, I guess, uh, well, may, maybe according to some people, maybe I'm a rebel, who knows. Anyways, so, you know, it happens, you know, parents lose kids. Jesus was, was you know, he, he, it says he, he was a, a human like all of us, right? So his parents couldn't find him. They're going crazy. Where's Jesus? Where did he go? And in verse 49 of chapter 2, it, it says, Luke 2, 49, and he said to them, why did you seek me? So in other words, why were you looking for me? Because they found him in the temple. And he said, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? <laughs> my mom said that she was calling me and I didn't answer. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry I did that, mom. That's terrible. Um, he says, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Friends, I'm going to tell you this. If you want to know how to walk in your covenant, the first thing right off the bat, be about the father's business. Let that be everything that matters to you, that you revolve your life around the father's business. If it was good enough for Jesus to do that, he literally like ditched his parents and he's like, no, I got to go. I got to go to the temple. That's where I got to be. I got to be about my father's business then you, you better make it the, the priority of your life to be about the father's business. That's, I, I have points today. That's not really a point. I guess it's like the pre-point. Be about your father's business. Because, you know, it, it's like I said, it's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to be, um, um, you know, you're hearing stuff and you're, 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 you get caught up in all kinds of different things. We're busy in life. Be about your father's business. You, you know, again, it's like, it, it's simple, but, but it, for some reason we tend to miss it, that we prioritize everything else. And I know, you know, our jobs, we have to work, you know, the, the Bible says to work, you know, it's not that you just like quit your job and just like stand on a mountain and pray all day. No, we have to work, right? Uh, you know, you have to make sure that you understand that. I'm not, I'm not saying just to drop everything, but it's about your priorities. And you know, one thing, um, it's funny because, you know, in the past little while, my husband and I always joke, you know, we're going to move to Florida. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's, it's not, we're not going anywhere. And one of the reasons why is because the first thing I always say, is there a good church? I'm not going anywhere where there's not a good church. 
And I, I've realized how crucial that is lately. And so there's a lot of people that the first thing they'll do is they'll be like, well, you know, my job transferred me, you know, there's not really a good church, but you know, it's a good job. And next thing you know, your, your kids aren't going to church because there's no good church. You've fallen away from the Lord. You're not, you know, because your priorities, where's your, and again, I'm not, okay. I want to make this clear because people always, they, you don't hear what I say. You hear what you want to hear. Um, Sheba, you're absolutely right. You are 100% right. Um, you could run, but you can't hide. That's why I'm not going anywhere. Um, please hear me. It's okay to have a good job. It's okay to like your job. I happen to think that, that if you're walking with the Lord, um, yeah, you know, Mary Ellen confirms it. Um, that, you know, it, it's easy. To, like, I, I have to read your comment, you know, because if someone's watching later, it says, as someone who, who has wandered aimlessly, unable to find a good one that resonates with me. Yeah, because church, you know, we probably, it has lost a lot of importance over the last two years. But um, to me, it's crucial, especially if you have children, get your kids in a good church. It'll, it'll shape their life. I guarantee you that, you know, um, for someone like me, I've told this story many times, you know, when I was growing up, we went to church. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if there was a giant snowstorm, we still went to church and I never forgot that. And it's part of it's part of what shaped me to be the way that I am now. And so I, I, I kind of like to believe that if you're walking with God, you're following his path, you're, you're sticking with him, that he'll bring the right job to you in the right place. And you won't have to go live in some place where there's no church and you end up being like, well, we'll watch something online. Well, let me know how long your kids stay with the Lord. Anyways, I don't know. Maybe that was a word for somebody. But it's so important. And it's, a, and it's that kind of stuff. It's like, what, you know, what are you, uh, what are you placing the priorities on? It may, if you make your life about the father's business, you're not going to go down. You're going to go up because it's this, it's this weird, like, like, I don't know, idea that it's like, well, um, you know, I need to have a good job because, you know, um, I know, I, I know there's no good church, but you know, um, and you think that, that by being faithful to the Lord, that you're going to end up worse off. I don't know where that thinking comes from. I don't know where it comes from. I, I don't, I don't know. But anyways, let's continue because I can go on and on in that. Um, so you know what's interesting about Deuteronomy 28? There's 68 verses. Let me get, I wrote it down. Did you know, so I just read 14 of them that were blessings for obedience. 54 <laughs> are curses. For disobedience. Hmm. 14 out of the 68 are blessings. That's right, Sheba. There's value to online. I'm online right now. I'm online right now. And sometimes something happens. Um, it's nice to have it there. Uh, like, for, for example, me, this past Friday, um, I had a bit of an unexpected repair happening in my house and kind of put my house in disarray. I was not expecting it to happen and I wasn't able to, to be at church. So I watched it online. Obviously in a situation like that, it happens. I was, it was a Friday. It wasn't a Sunday, but still at least I was able to watch it online. So of course, but a permanent thing. No, no way. So 14 out of, of the 68 verses are, are blessings for obedience. But 54 of them are curses. You know what that says to me? And I've said this in the past few weeks. God takes sin and disobedience very, very seriously. If you don't think that's true, ask yourself the question why the vast majority of that chapter in Deuteronomy is focused on the curses that you get um, for, for disobedience. And I want to read just a, before I get to, to, to my points tonight. Um, I just felt like doing this. I don't know why it just, it just, I felt like doing it. So I'm going to do it. Um, in case you haven't noticed the, the, the topic that is the most talked about topic, I would say in the world right now is sickness. Sickness is, uh, the thing with sickness is it, it scares everybody because that, that 
thought of being sick and possibly dying scares people and it scares them into doing a lot of things. And so I felt like reading. So this is, this is uh, listed among the curses. I didn't notice anything about, about sickness in the, in the blessings. It's listed as a curse. So just remember that we need to remember that sickness is a curse. The Lord doesn't, it's not from the Lord. Okay. So let's start at verse, um, which I wrote it down. Sorry. Verse 58. I just felt like doing this. Um, I don't know if this will word for anybody that you're feeling nervous talking about, um, the sixth wave or something. You know, whenever, whenever they say that, you know what, you know what, um, that's right, Lynn. Exactly. That's why I do this. You know what I always think of? Have you ever had a sporting event and they make the crowd do the wave? I never do it because I find it so embarrassing, but, but you know what I'm talking about? Whenever they talk about like fifth wave, sixth wave, I can't help but think about like the crowd doing the wave at a, at a sporting event. I don't know. Anyways. Um, so listen to what verse 58 says, because it's clear. If you do not carefully follow all the words of the law, which are written in this book and do not revere this glorious and awesome name, the Lord, your God. The Lord will send fearful plagues on you and your descendants, harsh and prolonged disasters and severe and lingering illnesses. He will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt that you dreaded and they will cling to you. The Lord will bring on you every kind of sickness and disaster not recorded in this book of the law until you are destroyed. <laughs> you know, we love reading the blessings, but the curses are something else. I don't have time because I, I, you know, I'm already halfway through, but read all of, of chapter 28. And by the way, God doesn't listen because you're going to read that and say, oh, God sends sickness. God allows sickness. He's not the author of sickness. Okay. You just gotta, and I've talked about that many times. I'm not going to go on continuing with that, but that's about as clear as I can make it. Um, because when you read the book of Job, it's quite clear that the Lord lifted his hand from Job and Satan brought uh, disease on, and disaster onto Job, right? So just to let you know. So God allows things. Um, it doesn't mean that he's the author of that. And it doesn't mean that that's his intention. Because if it was, it would be listed in the blessings. Well, if you obey, yep, God's going to give you, make you sick. So, you know, you keep you humble. Like, I don't know. People literally think that. But it's not, that, that's not what it is. But anyways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get carried away with that because we've spoken about that at length. Um, so obviously, God takes sin and disobedience very seriously. So, you know, when I, when I talked before about being about his, uh, our father's business, well, you know what? It made me think, all right, there's obviously an emphasis on the disobedience as opposed to the obedience because God really wants to make it very clear not to be disobedient. So I thought to myself, well, what's not the father's business? And immediately a verse came to my mind, because if we're talking about walking in your covenant, knowing how to live right, then, then there's a scripture that really resonated with me that I think is going to help you tonight. So turn to first John chapter two and verse 16, it says for everything in the world. And it talks about three things that we're going to go through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life comes not from the father, but from the world. And so, so, so this, this is quite a clear, um, picture of, of what's like the opposite of God, right? Because you have, um, remember I talked about the father's business, the things of the kingdom. These are the things that are not of God, but rather the things of the world. And I'm going to go through them. So if you're taking notes, which maybe you are. Tonight's one of those nights to take notes because I usually don't have points, but tonight I have points. Number one, and they're kind of out of order because I've like, I'm no good with points. I don't know what it is. I know like, I, I, I know some preachers that it's like, they have like perfect points. Everything's like right there. They could do like a PowerPoint presentation. That's not me. That's not me. Um, but I tried tonight to keep it organized. Um, and I got three simple points based on this scripture 
in First John chapter 2. So number one, and this, this is regarding the, the lust of the eyes, okay? Number one, set your eyes on Jesus. Because, you know, what you set your eyes on, you know, when we talk, you know, when, you know, in, in, um, in the story of, of, of Lot uh, and Sodom and Gomorrah, it, the Bible says that he, his tents, he pitched his tents looking towards Sodom. And before you knew it, he was living in Sodom. So you have to be very careful. Where are you fixing your eyes? What are you looking at? What are you constantly taking in? Because, you know, I think that we, we, we don't take that seriously enough. And we just watch everything. We look at everything. Um, we read everything. And, 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 and what ends up happening is, um, you know, we, we're fixing our eyes on the wrong thing. When really the scripture is telling us, and I'm going to read you Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to start at verse 1. Since then, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fix our eyes on Jesus. And let me tell you something, and this is, I, I've seen this be true in my own life, that I got to a point where everything was about the Lord. Everything, everything. You know, I, I would like, I used to, um, a few years ago, I would wake up every morning and, you know, before I started work, I would have like breakfast, have coffee, whatever. I would put on a sports talk show. And there's nothing wrong with sports talk shows. Every now and then I'll watch them. I don't watch them much, but sometimes I will. But every morning I would wake up, uh, put on a sports talk show. What I do now, every morning when I wake up, having my coffee, what do I put on? Preaching. Faith-filled preaching. I used to watch Check the News first. I don't even anymore. I do that later on. First things first. I feel, I, I'm filling myself, filling my mind with the Word of God, with faith-filled Bible preaching. I start my day every day with that. And I'm going to tell you something. It changes the whole course of your day. Because you're filling your mind, the things that you're taking in, um, it's like, it's going to be really difficult uh, uh, um, to, to, to be doing the wrong thing or thinking about the wrong thing when you're constantly filled um, with the things of the Lord. Our eyes must be set on looking towards eternity, right? You know, it, it, it's like, you have to think to yourself, what are, you, what are you fixed on? What's your mind fixed on? What's your focus fixed on? What's your gaze fixed on? Because I'm going to tell you, if your gaze is constantly fixed on the, the, what the world is saying, you're going to go downhill fast. You have to fix, fix our eyes, fix your mind on Jesus. So not only, you know, what ends up happening is not only um, does our, is our desire to, to live righteously, but we have a desire to complete the mission on this earth, just like it says in Hebrews. Um, run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. You know, Paul says, you know, I have fought the good fight, fight. I finished the race because his life was fully dedicated to the Lord. And, you know, and he, and then he's like, all right, I'm good. I finished it. You could take me now. People are always like, oh, Paul, you know, he was martyred and stuff. He, he decided I'm done. In fact, he, there, there's a scripture that says, you know, I, I would rather go, but for your sake, I stay. So when he was ready, that's when he got. No one took his life from him. He gave it up, just for the record. So run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Populating heaven. And, you know, unpopulate hell. And not, what I mean is like, don't send more people there, but rather populate heaven. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Because, you know, the lust of the eyes, it, it, what are you looking at? 
you know, what, what are we looking at? I, you know, um, I'm, I'm very like, obviously <laughs> there's some shows that I watch cause I like to laugh, but I'm very picky, very picky about the things I watch because it's one thing to laugh, but there's a lot of shows and you have to understand that they are, um, the point of them is to normalize certain things that, oh, this is real life. My favorite show is probably the opposite of real life. It's a complete joke. It's just laughing at everything. But there's a lot of shows that you get addicted to and you're just like watching it all the time. And you're like, oh, this must be real life. Be careful what you're taking in. Be very careful. Lisa, thank you for, for writing it because the, it's, it, it, if you're not sure about the points, number one was fix your eyes on Jesus. Um, and there's a lot of things I don't watch. I don't watch movies. I have no interest in movies. There's no, there's no good ones. Um, you know, I, I just, there's very little, I don't watch, like I'll watch like a cooking show or like a, a home renovation show cause they're fun. I like to watch that, but I'm very limited. I'm very picky. Um, because if there's one thing that I learned and it's not, you know, I know this, we're talking about the lust of the eyes, but it's even what you listen to music speaking. Um, I think I've, I've touched on this before, but it's important. You know, you listen to depressing music, what's going to happen? You'll be depressed, right? You listen to, 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 to like, uh, uh, sappy love songs. You're going to be like sad about everything. It, it, that's what happens, you know? And it's not about, and listen, because the people are like, oh, you're being legalistic. Fine. Then call me that if you want. I, I don't believe that it is. Um, but if that's what you want to call me, go for it. But I don't care. I don't listen to, 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 to uh, okay, let me put it carefully. I don't listen to music that is not, yes, I watch a lot of sports. Sports are, are very neutral. Um, although sometimes I watch it with the sound off because sometimes I don't feel like hearing the people talk, by the way. Sometimes I, I literally, I'll put on, you want to know what I do? I'm going to give you a little glimpse into my world. I will put a sport on TV, sound off, and then I'll put preaching on my computer and I'll, that's how I relax. And I'm just being honest. That's, that's what I like to do. Um, so, you know, and, and if you, if you're going to tell me, oh, you're being legalistic, I don't care. I don't listen to music that is not theologically correct. So there are, I, so it's not just secular music. I don't listen to, um, that's right, Gabe. Gabe likes to watch boxing. Gabe's a boxer. He's going to be a champion one day. Um, so, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of Christian music that isn't that isn't helpful either so i am i am super picky that's me that's me that's how i operate why because i I'm, i take very very seriously the commands of god and i'm not going to do something that's going to throw me off track for no reason i have a you have a choice everybody everybody out there you have a choice <laughs> you have a choice what you watch no one forces you to watch anything. No one for, <laughs> thanks Loretta. But I'm just like, this is just like how, um, what I believe I learned from the word. Um, and I, like, I don't, I don't, I'm cutting stuff out all the time. I'm always evaluating everything. I'm like, do I need to cut this? I'll cut this. And life's not boring or anything. It's more fun. I, I have a, I'm always, I have a great time as you could probably tell. Um, you know, so, so you have to be, you just be very careful because you have a choice. You know, there's a lot of things. And, and I think I mentioned this once, you know, it's hard to escape the news and, and what's going on. It's always kind of there, right? You know, we kind of need to know what's going on. The press conference tomorrow, talking about how they're keeping the masks, which of course they are because, duh, because I always knew they were. Um, and I went into a, a story the other day with no mask on and nobody said anything. So I'm just going to do whatever I want. Um, you know, so it's kind of hard to escape that, but you could choose what TV shows you watch and you could choose whether or not you watch the news. I get, I get the info that I need and that's it. I don't go any further than that. You have a choice. Let's make the right choices according to, 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 to what you feel the Lord's leading you. And he's not going to lead you the wrong way. So number one, fix your eyes on Jesus. Number two, be dominated by God's will. Now, this is talking about the lust of the flesh because the, the lust of the flesh means being dominated by our natural senses. 
with no regard for the will of God. So the lust of the flesh, we're allowing our flesh to dominate our lives. So for example, when it's time to fast, what ends up happening? You're hungry. That's your flesh. I, you're absolutely right, Auntie Joe. See, my aunt gets it. Because they say stuff far in advance because they want to see what public opinion is going to be. And once they get a good idea of what public opinion is, um, that's how they make their decisions. And that's the way I'm sorry to break it to you. Like I said, I, I appreciate my aunt saying that because she gets it. And we're here to help you, help you get it. it, it, these, it these decisions are political. That's just how it is. You have to understand that. They floated this for a long time now, and now their science is helping them make a decision. While we're the only place in this entire country and all of North America, if, I, if I'm correct, that has to wear masks in public places. But I guess our scientists must know something everything else doesn't. Even though <laughs> the sixth wave is the same everywhere, the case rate's the same everywhere, the hospitalization rate is the same everywhere. Anyways, <laughs> um, I just laugh about it. And literally, like I said, I walked into a place with no mask and I asked for something. The person's like, oh, it's over there. They didn't say anything to me that I wasn't wearing a mask. Try it. You might get yelled at, but, but just try it. You never know. So the lust of the flesh being dominated by our natural senses. Whenever, you know, you, oh, it's, it's prayer and fasting time. Uh, I'm too hungry. I'm, I'm going to break the fast early. Why? Because your flesh. Um, <laughs> oh, Sheba. Because your flesh is always going to speak louder because it's your flesh. Because we're, 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 we're people made of flesh. Actually, let me, let me read. And I read this last week, but I'm going to read it again. Galatians chapter 5, 16. So I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict uh, with each other so that you do not do what you want. The flesh is going to try to overtake. You want to fast? You're going to be super hungry. You want to pray? You're suddenly going to feel tired. You want to read your word? You're going to be distracted. The phone's ringing. This is happening. Someone's texting you. You're all, the flesh is always going to try to overtake that spirit. Verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, if you are led by the spirit, that's why be dominated by God's will. Figure out what God's will is, which is what we've been talking about and be dominated by that, by the spirit, not by your flesh, because your flesh speaks loud. And it will try to overtake you. And it'll try to be the dominating force in your life. But we have to be dominated by what God wants. What's God's will? God's will is for us to fast. His will is for us to pray. His will is for us to read the word. His will is for us to be in church. How many times have we woken up on a Sunday morning and you're a little tired because you went to bed late? Oh, I'll just, you know what? I'm kind of tired. I'll just watch online, you know, whatever. And then like you're watching online, but you're texting at the same time. And then you're making your coffee. And then, you know, like something happens outside and you're looking out the window. And the next thing you know, you pretty much missed the whole thing. Uh, last reference, Lynn, was Galatians 5 uh, verses 16 to 18. Um, and the next thing you know, you realize you pretty much missed the whole sermon and, and you don't remember what it was, Right? Because the flesh, of course, when you wake up on Sunday morning, you're extra tired. I I'm, <laughs> of course, why? Because the devil doesn't want you in church because he knows what happens when you go to church. He knows what happens when you're in the presence of the Lord with other believers worshiping God. He knows what happens. He doesn't want you there. Be like, you know what? Yeah, you could just watch it online. Just stay home. No big deal. No big deal. Right? Be dominated by the, by God's will. Otherwise you're going to be dominated by your natural senses because it's natural, right? It comes, you don't have to try to be tired. 
You don't have to try to be tired. You don't have to try to be hungry. <laughs> That's right, Lisa. It's like you're tired, then you walk into the building and you, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I get excited when I'm driving. I get excited. Maybe I'm just weird that way. But I get excited when I just see the sign on the road or I know that I'm near the street because I, I just love it. I love being there. Um, you know, so, so it, it, hunger comes naturally. Fasting does not come naturally. It's a, it's a spiritual discipline. But hunger, you're hungry every day. No matter, you know, last week I had like this amazing like four course meal, right? And if you know anything about me, I don't typically eat like a ton because I'm a small person. Though I do like to eat. But I ate everything. Because <laughs> it was so good. And I thought I'd never eat again. But you know what happened? By the time, and I, I even woke up the next morning and I wasn't really hungry. But by the time the afternoon rolled around, I was hungry again. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna be hungry again, no matter what. It comes natural. That's why, we, thanks Sheba. That's why we have to be dominated. Yes, Lisa, I had a four course meal. It was amazing. Um, courtesy to, to, yeah, the steak Gasper, that was actually the night before. I had a great week of eating last week. <laughs> Lisa, Tom, Tom made me a great steak, which was delicious. And then the next day I had a four course meal. So I was like, I was, I was eating last week and I was really full, but I, I was hungry again. Um, so you can't let the flesh win out because it's our, it's our nature and we have to combat it with the spirit. Don't be dominated by your natural senses. It's, it's, it's really because then you're not going to do anything that's about your father's business because you're going to be too busy worrying about all the natural things you have to do. Well, I got to eat. Um, you know, I'm tired. Yeah, we're always tired. Everybody's tired. I'm all, you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm tired, you know. But, but you, you, you can't be dominated by that. Because it'll, you, 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 you could go weeks. I know it might, you might be like, no way. People can go weeks and months never cracking their word open. But they'll be on their social media morning till night. And I'm sorry if that's like offensive or not. I hope it is. But you know it's true. Because your natural senses love social media. Oh, you're looking at what did I eat today? What did my friend eat? Oh, where did you go? Look at this nice picture. Uh, look at this. Look at that. Oh, I read this. I read that. Because your natural senses feast on that stuff. You know, and you could go months not even cracking your, your Bible open. I'm telling you. Be dominated by God's will. And the last one, number three. It's okay, Gasper, we've all been. It, honestly, like, I've, I've gone through periods where I realized, like, man, I have not been in the word enough. I got to fix that. So we're still here. The Lord hasn't come yet. We have a chance to, 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 to start fresh and to say, you know what? I'm going to make a new commitment. And the thing is, listen, I'm going to be honest with you guys. You have to start where you're at. You know, that's why I made a decision to start my day by listening to preaching. You know, maybe you're not able to do that. So you have to, maybe when you're driving somewhere, put a podcast on. Uh, maybe you're working out at the gym. Normally you'd listen to music, put a, put a preaching on. You know, like find a way um, to, to make it work. And don't, listen, don't try to fit God into your life revolve your life around him that's the mistake people make they're trying to fit god in to like their the, the, the a spare 10 minutes that's not how it works you can't do that it'll it, it's not gonna happen you can't be like well i'll squeeze it in let's see between uh uh, uh, uh let me check my calendar i have an empty spot between 11 30 and 11 45 uh that's where i'm gonna read my my, my bible you can't do that you, your life must revolve around God. That's right, Lynn. You can start. We, we, we'll start fresh. This is the day that you're starting fresh and you're saying, you know what? I'm going to make some changes. Um, no, you're right, Lisa. I'm just saying, like, let's say you're in the car. Um, 
and and instead of listening to music put put a podcast on and listen to preaching you know um but but make reading your, don't be like find time to read the word no you be intentional be very very intentional about what you do very intentional that's that's how i uh, um changed a lot of the habits in my life is i i made sure that i was very intentional i'm very disciplined people make fun of me for it because i go to bed at 10 and stuff like that but i'm very that's how i have to be that way i'm very disciplined and that's how that's how i i i end up being the way that i am you know the people ask me well you know you're we should be like you we want to well because i'm extremely intentional about what i do and i allow the spirit to, to to strengthen me and guide me that's i flow with the spirit you know I, what god tells me to do i do and that's it i'm very intentional about it number three let's get to number three because time is is short number three so this is regarding the pride of life boast only in the lord the pride of life is the arrogant spirit of self-sufficiency i did this look what i did i accomplished this look what first corinthians chapter chapter 1 verse 30 says it is because of him that you are in christ jesus who has become for us wisdom from god that is our righteousness holiness and redemption verse 31 therefore as it is written let him who boasts boast in the lord you there's people who um they have a spirit of self-sufficiency that everything i i I accomplished all this you know the sweat of my brow i worked really hard i got all this what the word is saying here is let him who boasts boast in the lord boast about what god has done right that that who has become for us wisdom from god our righteousness holiness and redemption oh look how good i am no why are you good because of the holiness and righteousness that comes through christ right that's how you know when i talked about last week about being holy where does that holiness come from it comes from the lord that's not something that you come up with on your own what did we just talk about in the last point? That our natural senses and our natural desires will always take over. And so we have to boast in the Lord only. You know, because everyone likes to take credit for everything they do. Well, I did this. You know, the, the, the Bible says that, that the Lord gives you the ability to create wealth. Because as soon as anybody like gets wealthy or is successful, well, how did you do it? Well, you know... I worked really hard and you know I did all this I sacrificed and it's like God doesn't even exist in it you know I remember um, when I was starting out in ministry I was a youth pastor my first job uh, in full-time ministry I was a youth pastor and the church I was at anyways I'm not gonna go into detail they had issues and I remember um, I was no longer the youth pastor but I was still at the church and the person that took over he would always talk about how, um, you know, when he came in, the youth group was really small. And then, you know, before you knew it, it really grew, which wasn't even true. Because when I came in, there was 10 kids. By the time I, I, I left, there was like 60 kids. But he liked to take credit for all that. So not only did he not give the Lord credit, but he made it seem like he did it. But anyways, that's a, a long story for another day. And that was always his thing. He would always talk about how he, he grew the youth group. And if he came in and he changed everything around. I'm like, and I, I started to realize, I'm like, where's the glory to the Lord? Where is the glory to say, I, 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 this youth group grew and, 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 and was expanded because of the Lord. Because of, of the Lord's grace for helping us, for guiding us, for giving us wisdom. For giving us wisdom to, to, to help to know what to do. You know, when I talk about how, how our church has grown, it's only because of the Lord. Because naturally speaking, we should be, we should have been empty. Everyone should have, <laughs> Shiva, you're killing me. Everyone should have, have left, right? It, it's un- inexplicable. It's inexplicable how we, we've had more giving instead of less, right? Naturally speaking, all the glory goes to the Lord. Do not fall into the trap 
of, of, of having a spirit of self-sufficiency that you don't need anything and you do everything on your own and you're the lone ranger and you're like, oh, well, I, I, I accomplished all this, you know, like I, I did really well. No, all the glory to the Lord for everything that's been done. All, all Boast only in the Lord. The pride of life could, could crush you. It could absolutely crush you, right? And that's why the, the scripture warns specifically about that. Don't fall into that trap. Don't start crediting yourself when the credit goes to the Lord for helping you, for guiding you, for giving you. How did you know what to do? Because that wisdom came from the Lord. How did Pastor Steve know what to do? Because the wisdom came from the Lord. It wasn't his own idea. You know, and naturally, because I said, naturally speaking, everyone should have left, right? Because we were the church rebels or whatever we were, apparently, whatever, <laughs> But we give careful to always give the glory to God, careful to always boast in the Lord, careful to always be remind people and not fake humble. Don't mm, mm. don't be those people. Um, <laughs> so you're like, because okay, listen, I get complimented a lot because I play drums and I'm not really that good, but but um, for some reason the Lord the Lord blessed me with. Um, uh, you know, a, 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 a gifting to play a very particular kind of music, which happens to be church music. And it's, it's my, I can't really play any other, I'm no good really in any other styles. I'm not going to be in a rock band. I'm not going to play like a drum solo that I was be like, wow, that's not me. I, I'm, I'm specifically gifted to do a specific thing. Um, you know, so, so, so I'm not, I'm never going to be the best drummer in the world, but I have a gifting for something specific. So what, you know, what happens is, um, because you, you think you're great and someone's like, you're really great at drums. You're like, well, you know, um, the Lord bless me. And it's like, you're totally, <laughs> you're just saying that because it's the nice Christian thing to say. So be careful with the, don't be like a humble brag. Oh, well, you know, it's not about me, you know? It's not about me. It's just about the Lord. And you're just saying that because you want to sound like really spiritual and stuff, you know? So be careful with that too. Be careful with the fake humble, because that's pride as well. Honestly, false humility is pride. You know, I just say, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, that that's all I say, because I know it comes from the Lord, right? Because I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I've taken my life to study music. But, but there's a gifting that I have that comes from the Lord, right? Um, you know, it's not me because on my own, I'm not really that good. I know you, I know I, I, you have to understand what I'm saying. I'm not like, I'm not a rock star. I wanted to be a rock star, but it's not my thing. Um, so I found my thing. I found what I should be doing and I'm doing that. Um, you know, because it's, it, it's, it is an anointing, uh, that comes from the Lord when I, when I, uh, when I play. So it's okay to say, thanks. Because you recognize, yes, God gave you a gift, but you don't have false humility about it. I, I, I think, Lisa, I think that's what you're saying is annoying because it is annoying because it's like, you, you don't mean it. You just, you love getting compliments. You know, you love it. It's like, oh, more compliments for me. Oh, but you know, the Lord, the glory to the Lord, <laughs> you know, so we have to be, we have to be real about it because that's just pride kind of with a, a cloak of humility, but it's still pride. So you have to be sincere and say, no, the glory to God, you know, like, that's what, that's why I always say it. Yeah. I, I spent my life taking lessons and practicing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I did that, but God gifted me and he anoints me to be able to play. So that's what it is. So I hope that helped you tonight because you have to understand, um, you know, like I said, it's great to read the blessings, but there's so many, there's so many verses in, in the passage in Deuteronomy, um, talking about the, um, uh, the curses for disobedience because God takes it seriously. So we need to know what we need to be careful of. Right. And so, and so I hope that helped you tonight. That's right, Lisa, you can accept the compliment. It's okay to accept the compliment. If you say my hair looks nice, I accept that compliment. It was my wonderful hairdresser, Ori, who did this. But thanks for the compliment. Um, you know what I mean? 
So um, that one, that one's an important one. It's not talked about enough. That scripture in First John is such a key scripture, but I, I hardly ever hear about it. And it just felt like, you know, that was an important thing to talk about. Because if you want to know how to walk in your covenant, if you want to know how to stay connected to the Lord, do go move away from the things that are, thank you, Auntie Joe. Move away from the, from the things that are of the world and stay in line with the things that are of God. And if somebody says, oh, well, you know, you're, you're being legalistic, you're a prude. Okay, if that's what you think, I don't care. I don't really care about your opinion. But I'd rather just follow what the word says. I care about that more than some random person's opinion. And you should too. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these that are watching. I thank you uh, that they've decided to, to take that time and make it a part of their life to learn from your word, to make it a part of their, of their routine, to, to, to study your word, to hear the, the, the teaching of the word, to be encouraged and to have their faith built up. I pray that you bless them for that. And I know that you already are blessing them. And Father, I pray right now that if there's anybody who has a concern or a worry about the things that are going on in the world, I pray that you remind them that they are under a different covenant that they have a different hope that someone in the world does not have. And that's why we preach this gospel so that everybody can understand what it means to be covered by the blood of Jesus. Father, I, I, I pray that, that during this time, that when, when the world is saying you're going to be struggling and you're going to be in lack and you're going to be having a hard time, that our lives become the exact opposite of that. That when men say there's a casting down, you will say there is a lifting up. That we are the head and not the tail. That we are above and never beneath. That we will not lack. That we will be the lenderer, not the borrower. That we will be the ones who prosper in the midst of famine. Why? Because we are committed to you. Because our lives are, are, are fully invested into you. That everything that we do is centered and focused on you. That we don't try to find time for you, but that you, you dictate and direct our time. Father, I pray that if there's anybody who, who maybe felt like they weren't invested enough, that tonight would be a turning point for them. That they would make a decision and say, I am going to start revolving my life around the Lord. That everything else becomes secondary and that he becomes primary. Father, I, 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 I pray that they would not uh, uh, um, feel like they're not good enough or they, they, they're terrible people, but that you would remind them, no, there's always a chance to start over. There's always a chance to be better. The devil wants you thinking that you're worthless. The devil wants you thinking that you're nothing, that you're dirt, that, that you, you, know, you, you don't deserve anything. But, but if you're a child of God, be encouraged. Now you can start over and say, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy that I can make a decision today to start again, to start fresh, to start anew. I pray you strengthen them. I pray you help them to understand what sufficiency in the spirit is about. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And I pray if there's any, if there's any sickness among these that are watching, let them remember that as part of the covenant, you said you will take sickness far from us. So Father, I pray that we would embrace that part of the covenant. And remember it and hold fast to it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. You are great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Father. I pray these things in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.